0: to get up right now, and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as
1: hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now, Hammer and Nigel go off the rails with Rob and The noise pollution.
0: It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer, Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish, filling in for Big Nige and... In the studio, face-to-face, just like he was with Suzanne Crouch early today. Rob Kendall, ready to go off the rails. Rob, how are you?
1: Great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, the fabulous, the amazing Garage Doors of Indianapolis.
0: So, earlier today, on your program, Kendall and Casey, you had the Indiana Lieutenant Governor, Suzanne Crouch, in studio. She is running to be the governor of Indiana, and... Listen, there's a lot of people that have been critical of her boss, Eric Holcomb, and ultimately the fact that she kind of just sat around and went along with it, which is why you've dubbed her Silent Suzanne. <laughs>
1: And she made sure, on air, she's fully aware of the name, so I gave her some credit for that.
0: So, for those who might not have had a chance to hear it, I know it's posted on your podcast page, but reset a little bit of the back and forth that you had with Suzanne Crouch. Well, right
1: out of the gate, we asked her, we said, look, what sort of grade would you give Holcomb and the Holcomb administration? And I felt that was the only way to ask that question where you had to get a straight answer. You couldn't get a well, but, you couldn't get a you know three minutes where they'd say nothing. And I said, they only I thought
0: that's key because for those who don't know like when you interview a politician or an athlete some of them know the drill like the old joke that I used to do when I covered sports was you could ask Peyton Manning what time is it and he's going to give you a 5 minute answer because the more he rambles the less questions you get
1: yeah. and they're and they're trained professionals at this and she totally was not ready for that question, which means then you're going to get an honest answer because she hasn't had time to think it through in her head. She's got an answer on the spot. She can't filibuster out of it. And she gave an A. She said Eric Holcomb and the Holcomb administration the past seven years deserve an A. And that... uh Well, it went downhill from there.
0: (laughs) I was listening in my car, and again, it takes a lot to render me speechless, but I couldn't believe she said an A for a governor who told honest, hardworking Hoosiers who just wanted to go back to work during COVID, he called them a Petri dish, locked them down. Many of them were never able to recover their businesses, and... At the same time, allowed angry mobs to march up and down the street, threats to seize the governor's mansion. But he gave a meet and greet to Malik Muhammad. This is well before he got uh, charged with trying to murder a police officer on the Pacific Coast. That warranted an A.
1: Yeah, and this is the problem that she's had the whole time she's been running. And I w- we were said you know in the days leading up, we'd be curious how she threads the needle. She, you can't you can't thread the needle with Holcomb in the Republican primary because he is so hated by so Much of the Republican base, and she tried to do it. And this is where you just get silly. Okay, so you give him an A, but then you spend the next several minutes talking about how the government's too big, the government's too inefficient, the taxes are too high, we got to fix all this. And that, but you gave him an A. You can't give somebody an A and then say all these things are, are wrong. And she really didn't want to talk about 2020. I felt like we stayed on her pretty good because she kept saying, Well, I don't want to talk about the past. You have to talk about the past because you were there.
0: And you don't want the past to repeat itself. Exactly.
1: And so she said, Well, I won't lock the state down again. I won't do the mask mandates again. But you didn't fight for us when you had the opportunity. And, and, Nobody thinks that she should be held accountable for Holcomb and that Holcomb's his own guy, but you were complicit through your silence right. and not speaking out. And I'll tell you the big winner today was, if he capitalizes on his Micah Beckwith, because she made the case today about why you need a lieutenant governor who is elected separate from the governor and can be an independent check and balance on the governor. Because if Suzanne Crouch had spoken out— whether it was the Petri dish or the rioters or Noble or the mask mandates or the business shutdowns or all these tax increases, we might have had a stop to a lot of this stuff, or at least it wouldn't have been as bad as it was. And so Micah Beckwith is the guy who has the biggest opening out of all of this because she made the case for him.
0: So using your political background, again, as somebody that's been an advisor, somebody that's been an elected official that's worked in the state house, what should – Suzanne of, Suzanne Crouch have said.
1: Well, I would have done it like uh, Jake Jake Blues and the Blues Brothers under the under the uh, bridge with Carrie Fisher at gunpoint. You know, it was an earthquake. It was a terrible flood. Locust it wasn't my fault. Locusts. I mean, look, she, she was just in such a bind. I mean, if I were her, I think your only option in a Republican primary because she she can't fire her and they've only got a you know a year left together anyway. And I don't I don't think they're all that close to begin with. Is I would have just come and thrown the guy under the bus and said, look. The guys failed. Here, 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 and here. I did everything I could behind the scenes because dealing with these people, you you can't. If I'd have publicly blasted them, they'd have cut me out, and I had no shot. I think he did all of these things wrong, and I tried my best, and I failed at that. But I won't fail the people of Indiana. And, and I don't even know if that answer would work at this point because she's so connected to him. But the fact that she embraced him and gave him an A. I don't know how you... That, I mean, that's going to show up in an ad, right? I mean, if you're one of these, you know, Braun or or a Doden or Curtis Hill, you got to run that in an ad because she's toast if people hear that.
0: Right, 100%. So, what were some of the other things that you noticed from your conversation today?
1: Well, here's uh, the other thing that's interesting was that... Uh, She's all in on this FSSA thing now, where, of course, there's this billion-dollar Medicaid shortfall. Medicaid is trying to get money back that they were given to parents who, who care for disabled kids. She's come out, she being Suzanne, demanded an audit. She's demanded they not
0: cut. All of a sudden, now she's coming out demanding all this stuff. And
1: I told her, I said, look, I told everybody on this radio station four years ago, I said three years ago, I said two years ago, when Holcomb was openly leaving the, the emergency declaration open because of the federal money that was coming. And I mean, when people are going to Pacers games and Colts games and at bars and you still got an emergency declaration, he was finally forced to admit, I'm doing this for the federal money. And I said, wait a second. This federal money is going to run out, and you're using it to put all these people on Medicaid because it's a legalized vote-buying operation. How is it that I can see this? And yet you, Suzanne, and all these Republican lawmakers now are going, I had no idea this was going to happen. How is this even possible? And again, it's, well, you know, you. she gives this rambling answer about, well, you serve a very important purpose here. You're right. I do. Thanks for noticing. But it doesn't answer how I could know this, and you, the elected people, universally claim you had no idea. Tell me if this makes
0: sense, because again, I'm somebody that was listening to that interview in my car like a lot of people were today, and it's nothing personal against Suzanne at all. She's a very nice woman. very nice. uh, I have nothing negative to say about her personally. It just seems a little disingenuous. It seems very uh, pandering to come out now and say, well, I disagreed with all the things that uh, Holcomb had to say, yet I still give him an A, and... Oh, by the way, I'm running for the governor now.
1: Here's the other thing that she said, and I don't ever want to hear from anybody at 200 West Washington ever again that I'm a shock jock or just looking for ratings or, you know, I'm only in this for publicity and that she admitted that the government is too big. The budget has grown a ridiculous amount. The taxes are too high. The government is too inefficient. All of the things that I've been saying for seven years, she said, there is no one more connected to the establishment than Suzanne Crouch. And she admitted the exact things that I've been talking about on this radio station for seven years. So I don't want to ever hear again that I'm just making this up. I'm just doing this for ratings. I'm just doing this for publicity because the lieutenant governor said the exact same thing I've been saying.
0: Don't you love it when people who have no idea who we are call us shock jocks? <laughs> Like, Nige and I get that all the time. Your uh, your boyfriend, Adam Wren, uh, calls Nige and I shock jocks all the time, even though we've never shockingly outed somebody's sexual assault history like Wren did, allegedly. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But I will say this, and again, this is very self-serving. I know this, but I said it on your program early today when I went on with you and Casey. This is what I love about WIBC, because the people who don't know anything about us They just scream from the mountaintop, that's the Republican channel, that's the conservative channel. If you listen to any of the programs we have on this station, and they're all very different... We go after Republicans too. Yep. To be honest, I think we may be harder on Republicans than we are on Democrats, with the exception maybe being Joe Biden because he shakes hands with the air and falls down all the time.
1: Yeah, and that's why we're so popular. And that's and it kills people, especially those people down the street from us who hate us because we are the objector. We are the voice. We are the resistance, and you and I have joked about this for years and it's kind of our slogan now. We hate all of these people equally. <laughs> right. I mean, we do it I don't I, they're all failures and she admitted that the the Republican supermajority rule has produced bigger government, higher taxes, less efficient and uh, unaccountable government. She said that, her words, and we are right. And that's why people like us and they down the street from us hate that because they know people listen to these programs.
0: And that's why the station is a success. I mean, you think about what's happened in the last couple of months, last couple of years here at WIBC. Today, you bring Suzanne Crouch on. She comes in studio. You tell her right to her face, you disagree with a lot of things. That's awesome. Yesterday in our program, Mike Braun calls in from the Senate yep. floor right after he votes on this no-good, rotten, horrible, quote-unquote, budget bill. Tony Katz, on his program, he has uh, Sparts, Representative Sparts, come on and say, you know what? Guess who's back? I'm pulling a Michael Jordan. I'm back.
1: 40-fold <laughs> sports old 45 Sparts. Hey, real quick, I did want to say, though, because we've been tough on her and we should have been tough on her and some of her answers were ridiculous and she probably lost a lot more votes than she gained today but she deserves credit for coming in because there's a lot of people who do not have the guts to come in and sit with me for 100% minutes, and so full credit for that
0: Ryan Mears is not coming in here Joe Hawk said it's not coming in here we have invited them it's an open seat if they want to bring somebody with them like a wingman come on in don't threaten us with a good time yeah. you're absolutely right
1: listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Back with Rob Kendall. We are going off the rails here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So I think we're on different sides on this. But I think there is an understanding where both of us are coming from. You're somebody that feels like Alejandro Mayorkas. And if Nigel were here, he would do his Lady Gaga. (laughs) Alejandro! 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 Uh, You're somebody that feels like he should not be impeached as to where I think he should. Now, I'm going to tell you my perspective here, and then I'll give the floor to you. Perfect. I think he has been busted lying to Congress. It's not just because he's bad at his job, which he is, but there's a lot of people who are bad at their job. In April of last year, in a testimony, right there on Capitol Hill, the border is fine. There's nothing to see here. The border is not (laughs) under siege. There's no problems at all. I'm paraphrasing there, but he says there's no issues at all. But we all see the reports from the CBP, we see the reports from these border states. It's not fine. As a matter of fact, even Democrats are saying that it's not fine right now. If people like us have access to these reports, I would hope the DHS secretary does too, which means he lied, just bald-faced lie to Congress. And I'm old enough to remember when Bill Clinton did that, he got impeached.
1: Yeah, here's the pro- it, it, I- I am looking for a high crime and a misdemeanor case to be made. Is
0: lying to Congress not a high crime or misdemeanor? But they haven't
1: made the case for it. Do you have a a single, are you aware of a single solitary piece of evidence they've presented in these impeachment hearings?
0: See, this is the question I have. Why isn't the border report considered a piece of evidence? Because it clearly shows the border is not fine. You told us it's fine.
1: Right. But this is my point, though, is you cannot – look, take the Trump impeachments out of the equation because those, of course, were completely ridiculous and no merit to either one of them. The Clinton impeachment, that process, Ken Starr went on for years, and there was ironclad evidence that Bill Clinton, who was not impeached for an affair, He was not impeached for having sex with an intern – He was lying to Congress. He was lying to Congress. There was ironclad evidence. Now, the Senate did Senate stuff and didn't convict him. But the, you, everybody knew. Everybody had him on tape lying. You could say, here, he lied. Boom. There you go. I, I'm not aware of any sort of public evidentiary d- display to the, the to, to society on, here's what we're impeaching him for. Give me the stuff so you have, here's the charge, here's what we're going against, here's what we have. They're just rushing to do this because he sucks at the border. That's what the public thinks. And right. that, that doesn't go through the process for me. And we got about
0: 30 seconds left here, but my counter to that is, okay, he lied under oath. Mayorkas has done the same thing.
1: Yeah, but if you go to a jury trial, if you're accused of something, they have to present the actual evidence. They can't just go, everybody knows what you did, everybody knows you lied. No, it's, I've got the audio, we play it, he said it. You have to lay it out in a court of law, that's how this works. I mean, it's just like we're just rushing through it.
0: So procedurally, because they have not brought forth the legal stuff needed, yes. that's why he shouldn't be impeached. But you see where I'm coming from. I, 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 he lied to Congress. I
1: agree, but the Republicans could also fix this by simply choking off the money and they want to use this as a, as a cover. And I still think you're beautiful even though we disagree on this.
0: <laughs> What's coming up on the Kendall and Casey uh, Show?
1: Governor candidate number two, Eric Doden, will be with us tomorrow. He is very upset about the Leap District and you know, Hammer, any person who rips on Holcomb goes right to the front of the line <laughs> on our show. Special thanks to Garage Stores of Indianapolis. Plus,
0: he is off the rails. That's Rob Kendall. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.